welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, you're more than welcome to chime in. Y'all, I'm I'm trying to, I, I'm, this is, this is one of those times. I, is this real? Is it, is, is this person an imposter? Did the media screw up and, and, and a, a fake person? Uh, got on the got on the national stage on CNN and MSNBC. This is Emily Coors is an unemployed thirty year old. Uh, it appears she might have worked as a, a court reporter or some such at some point, uh, but currently, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution, unemployed or between jobs, as they phrased it. And because she was between jobs, she volunteered to take on the role as foreman of the grand jury investigating elections in Georgia. This is kind of nuts. Let me just play you three clips so that you understand what we're dealing with here. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just... I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Oh, my God, Becky. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you Listen seen? to this one. I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's that's about my only request there is is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But... I I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good, bye. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are indi- there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Not a short list. More, I mean, when it comes to 75 witnesses, like, is it, it's not, I assume, of course, it's not 75 people. Would you characterize it as 20-ish people? I can't say I counted. Can't say I counted. Wow. Wow. What what are the, what what are the, the, the blurbs of this? This is fascinating. This is a fascinating and, by the way, detrimental to the case this is uh, she swore in david ralston the former speaker of the house of representatives in georgia who passed away uh at the end of last year and there's this Coors spoke extensively about the witnesses who appeared before the grand jury She said the late Georgia House Speaker David Ralston cracked her up. 
she said she swore him in holding a Ninja Turtle popsicle she had just received at an ice cream party thrown by the DA's office. It's so nice to know that the district attorney is throwing an ice cream party for a grand jury investigating the former president of the United States. That's going to be real useful for the former president and his team. All of this is going to be real useful for the president. I I don't under, listen, a reporter who I know and, and like tremendously suggested I look at her Pinterest page. It is very fascinating how much there, uh, it's got her picture, I assume it is her, uh, is devoted to witchcraft and casting spells and hexes and and, uh, magic crystals or crystals and the like. Uh, It just, uh, that's neither here nor there for her, except for the fact that does she understand what she just did to herself? I get the sense, given her, uh, laughing flippancy about it. She doesn't really understand what is probably going to happen to her. I, I, I feel sorry for her. I do. She's out of her depth, out of her league. She showed herself to be out of her depth and out of her league. She is about to become the poster child for how this was not fair and not a serious process. She is about to become uh, the the face of Trump's effort to discredit this grand jury. She's about to become the face Uh, For everybody involved, this was ridiculous. I just, I've got to tell you as a former lawyer who did criminal law, I cannot recall a time a grand jury foreman came out and gave interviews to the press before indictments happened. It, it, it looks like she did this for giggles. It looks like she didn't ask anyone whether or not it was a good idea. I would have loved to have been in the room with Fannie Willis, the district attorney for Fulton County, watching her watch these interviews. Grand jury members aren't supposed to speak publicly. They're not prohibited by law, but it's just accepted they're not supposed to. And in particular, they are not supposed to before an indictment comes down. David Axelrod, the former uh, campaign strategist and advisor to Barack Obama, actually on Twitter put up this tweet. Uh, Does anyone recall the foreman of a grand jury particularly in a consequential case, doing a media tour before any indictments are made. Like, who is this woman? I honestly saw the interviews with this woman, and I thought, this can't be real. These reporters must be getting punked. This must be an impersonator. This this must be someone who claimed to be the four-person foreman of the grand jury and and is not really, and and they couldn't verify it. Maybe, Maybe she has the same name, but she's come on and she's done this, and this uh, fundamentally puts in jeopardy the entire situation. And also, you had the judge very selectively, out of a nine-page report, release four pages. One of which hinted at indictments. And it, it I have long interpreted as, this as, why would he release uh, indictments in perjury and not indictments and everything else? They, they didn't release the names. 
So why do you release indictments on this one but not the other ones unless there are no indictments? That's how I've read it. That's how a lot of reporters I know read it. That's how a lot of people on the right read it. Now, reporters on the left and, and people on the no, no, you're going to be surprised. Trump's going down. I have actually heard from very reliable sources that this federal prosecutor uh, that was brought in by the DOJ has told Fulton County, Georgia, don't go after Donald Trump. You don't have the resources. Leave him to us. He's probably not going to get indicted in Fulton County, Georgia. Everybody kind of thinks Rudy Giuliani might. A long list of names with potential indictments, and it was they interviewed 75 people, and it's nine pages. They gave us four of the nine pages. She said they left out six. It was five. If you do the math based on what the judge said, maybe it was six, but still. Uh, and, and you've got to go through each of those, those charging paragraphs that are outlined and the evidence thereof. So it, it, to me, it doesn't seem to be as much. Now, I'm not the only one to have this reaction. And for those of you who suggest I'm I'm someone partisan on the, the right, uh, this is Anderson Cooper and uh, a, a former U.S. prosecutor. First of all, why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. But there's no reason for her to be out talking. No. I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, right, okay. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion, if there's an indictment, to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. Yes, and that guy's not some sort of right-wing partisan. he's, He's on the left. And he thinks she has just caused problems for the, she has. She has caused problems for the prosecutor. She has caused problems for the judge. She has caused problems for her fellow grand jury members. I would be actually surprised if we got to the end of this week and other members of the grand jury did not speak out to criticize her. I I would actually kind of be surprised if that did not happen, now maybe they won't publicly, but I can't imagine we go through this week and they don't behind the scenes excoriate this girl for doing that. And she's a girl, she's a 30 year old unemployed girl who clearly lacks maturity. Forget the witchcraft stuff or forget the spells and the crystals and all that stuff. This is a 30 year old who lacks maturity who volunteered to be the foreperson because she didn't have anything better to do. She was between jobs and doesn't appreciate the consequences of her actions. And what is remarkable here is that a young woman who doesn't appreciate the consequences of her actions was supposed to be the foreperson of a grand jury dealing with the consequences of the actions of the former president of the United States. How can she assess the consequences of his actions when she's too clueless to assess the consequences of her actions? This is really funny. You know, it it, it is Donald Trump, some have said, 
has long been been blessed with idiots for opposition. And this girl, I cannot believe, would have been a Trump supporter. Just based on the what we know about her, I have a real hard time thinking that she was a, a Trump supporter. Maybe she doesn't even vote. Maybe she's one of those people. Maybe she's one of those low-information voters who doesn't actually show up and vote. But I just, I, I, I didn't believe this was true. I genuinely did not believe that this was true. I did not believe that this, this young lady was actually the foreperson. I thought that all of these members of the media got played, and, and they're, they're saying it's legit. They're saying she's really, she was really the foreperson. I cannot believe, I, still part of me thinks that they, they're all wrong. This is all a lie. This can't be true. They let her be in charge. As the now, the foreperson, all the foreperson does really is, is kind of ensure the meeting goes and, and swears in the witnesses. There's actually a judge in the room, um, it, it, but you know, one of the people who testified told me it was very much like a star chamber that there was a there was a chair and you sat down in the chair and in front of you was the ground jury, grand jury. There was no table, no nothing. You sat in a chair. Did you cross your legs? Not cross your legs. Where'd you put your arms? That you sat in a chair. There was no desk. It was very star chamber esque. He told me. And my gosh, this was the four person of the grand jury. Donald Trump is going to have a field day with this. This young woman, if, if I can give Emily Kaur some advice, go change your cell phone number, go delete all of your social media profiles, and take your boyfriend on a vacation for a few weeks until this dies down. You should not have done that. You should not have done that. You are clearly not aware of the consequences of what you did to the prosecution and clearly to yourself. And as just a, a, a human being, as a dad, as a former lawyer, I am, I, I just, I, I'm feel awful for what this young woman did to herself. And she doesn't even appreciate yet what she did to herself. And she's going to, she, she will, she will realize too late what she did uh and it, it, it's 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 not going to be good for her personally as someone between jobs and it's really not going to be good for the prosecutor the prosecutor down in georgia has got to be furious furious about what just happened and i can't really blame her i my gosh i y'all i'm sorry but i mean how clueless can one person be we we just saw it on tv if you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. 
RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. If you wish to be on this year program, you are more than welcome to uh, call in. But it needs to kind of be relevant today because it's not Friday. Uh, the New York Times. It, it looks like the grown-ups. There, there may be some grown-ups at the New York Times. That would be a good thing. If you will recall, uh, a few days ago. A group of employees of the New York Times uh, pinned a letter uh, pushed by the New York Times Union claiming that the reporting on transgender issues by reporters at the New York Times created a hostile work environment. That's right. They they used the, a legal claim uh, that it was a hostile work environment because reporters were reporting on stories related to transgenderism. Well, the actual newsroom went to war against the Guild last night. It happened last night. Word got out uh, that the uh, th- that the reporters from the newsroom fired back at the Guild. They released a letter. Uh, this is what it says. Your letter appears to suggest a fundam- fundamental misunderstanding of our responsibilities as journalists. Regretfully, our own union leadership now seems determined to undermine the ethical and professional protections that we depend on to guard the independence and integrity of our journalism. The letter went on to say that reporting facts is what reporters do, and that does not create a hostile work environment. Good for them. Uh, good, good for, for these reporters. There, there are a few good reporters left of the New York times and they're having none of it. Uh, also these reporters pointed out that overwhelmingly the employees of the New York times who were upset are not reporters. They're not in the newsroom and they can't allow those non-reporters not in the newsroom to dictate the coverage of the newsroom, which is common sense. They're furious at the union and now want the, the guild, they call it. Uh, the leadership to be recalled and fired for having tried to weigh in against the newsroom on this stuff. This is a glorious fight. Root for injuries in it. Um, all of them can can just fight each other, and we can watch. So uh, this is from the Associated Press. Though Emily Coors said she tends to agree more with Democrats. She doesn't identify with any political party and prefers to listen to all opinions. If I chose a political party, it would not it would be the not crazy party. Um, bet I know which party she is. Now, now listen. I, there are there are times I have to work to restrain myself, and this is one of those times. More than one person has emailed in and said essentially 
what if the district attorney put this woman up to do it because she knows there's no there there and this four person gets to undermine the whole case and they can blame it on her? I, I'm not going to, I, I look, I can't disabuse you of that notion because when you call in with something so asinine uh, to a national radio show program and, and say it, uh, the odds are you firmly really do believe it and I'm not going to convince you and you're going to be assured you're right, but I highly, highly, highly doubt that is the case. I highly, highly, highly doubt that is the case uh, for a couple of reasons. One is they interviewed 75 witnesses over almost a year. They could have stopped it at any time. Two is the district attorney is an elected official. Uh, If she used this woman to scuttle it, when it comes out that she used this woman to scuttle it, she scuttles herself. Three is she's an elected official who must stand for re-election and also must be accountable to the Fulton County Commission for taxpayer dollars. If she wasted her money on this investigation or thinks she wasted her money on this investigation, uh, then it's a it, it, it's it's bad for her politically. And four, fourth, most importantly, there are indictments coming. According to the special grand jury, they think there's enough evidence for indictment. So why are you going to scuttle something with this woman when you can get some scalps? It doesn't matter that it's perjury. She's going to get them. Look, I, I'm, I, this is one of the things I guess I have to work on uh, better is humoring people who have ideas that I don't just disagree with, but I think they're nuts for having. Uh, and I'm sorry. I know I've offended some of you, but I've gotten, we've gotten calls into the program and a bunch of emails from multiple people. If it's just one person, I'm like, all right, no big deal. But when it's, it's the number of people we have that this is circulating out there, uh, you haven't really put a lot of thought into it when you understand the details, the background, what's going on, and the fact that there are indictments coming. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I should be able to just tune it out and just let, let it slide. But I, I hate that people left to their own thoughts um, – like dull Occam's razor when they're trying to to, to uh, slice things off of it. Uh, let Let's go to the phones. Uh, Scott, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. How you doing, my naked-ish meat pile-loving brother? I'm great. How about yourself? Hello? Great. Hey, uh, you mentioned something the other day. I want to give you a little correction. Science, when Galileo said that the Earth that the the stars did not revolve around the moon, but revolved our solar system revolved around the sun. He was chased by the church (laughs) really bad. Um, There have been a number of scientists in the history for many eons that whenever they come up with an important discovery and it goes against the church belief, even though the science is correct, the church really comes out against them and chases them down because they're saying something that the church doesn't believe in. And the church has to, at that time, the church believed, you know, you, you've got to kill the messenger because we can't have this bad message out. And you can look it up. There's a lot of instances where all this has happened over time. Well, you and, know, Scott, that's why I, I, I actually was thinking when I said this yesterday of Galileo, and I specifically said it took, t- it took time uh, for reason to thrive in the church, um, and it did, but it was only possible yeah. because of rejecting the around uh, surrounding mythologies. Yes, and today we 
you and I both believe that wokeism, the transgender culture, this is all a pseudo-religion. These people believe it with their heart, and they're willing to forego facts and science in order to push their belief regardless of what's going on. And science is starting to wake up to all this and it's starting to push back. And the, all these people who believe this, this religion, they're going to go to war against science. Just watch it. It's going to happen because we've oh, seen yeah. it happen in the well, church. I mean, they actually and, already are. They're trying to purge uh, biology professors and, and physics and chemistry professors from a lot of uh, Ivy League colleges now who aren't down with the agenda. So, yeah, there's there's definitely going to be a culture war going on that for once, the us Christians, we can sit back and grab our popcorn and go, wow, this is going to be fun. We've been here before. It's, it's going to be nice to watch somebody else go through it for once. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I, 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 it's it's going to be funny to do that. I, I, you know, there's one thing here I would say, and it's just so so that we don't get flooded with phone calls. There are a lot of people who argue that, in fact, uh, the reason that Galileo was um, hounded by the church uh, was not because of heliocentrism. In fact, it was Aristotle uh, way before uh, Galileo who believed in heliocentrism. And in fact, uh, it was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of scientific belief at the time. Um, yes, Galileo was hand, hounded by the church. We, we, I think you have to note that, but I would just note, I have a lot of friends, all Catholic, who say this has been grossly distorted by people who hate the Catholic Church. I get it. I do understand. At the same time, as I said to Scott, when I broached this discussion yesterday, I was very clear to say it took time for this to evolve. Now, for those of you who don't understand what I was talking about, my, my point was that uh, in in old times, ancient times, if you believed that the sun went across the sky because it was Apollo in a chariot crossing the sky, you couldn't question it because you would be a heretic. When you instead believe it's an object in the sky, then you could question why it was going across the sky. Uh, and it was because of that develop that theological development, it led to an age of enlightenment uh, where people were beginning to feel safe dropping mythologies to understand why things were. Like, for example, uh, it is not a coincidence that as you have a greater theological development when it comes to uh, the unseen realms, the eschatology, the angels and demons and the like on the planet, and, and whether or not they're wandering the earth and causing maladies, uh, you could then begin to investigate what's actually causing people to be sick. If it's not the demons and witchcraft, what is it? Uh, and it took uh, a lot of uh, theological development to put aside old mythologies to make it safe for the science uh, to come through. So um, there you have it. Now, this is nothing like what I wanted to talk about. And um, by the way, let, let me just, let me call out a listener. Um, Noah, uh, you were one of about five people who emailed me. You're the only one who emailed back uh, thanking me for disabusing you of a bad idea. Uh, three of the five people have emailed me back to call me names. So thank you very much. And poor Charlie's having to deal with them on the phone. All right, we got to move on. I sincerely, deeply like Mike Pence. Uh, I actually consider Mike Pence a friend. 
We're, we're not great friends. We don't hang out regularly. Uh, we chat on occasion. He has been a dear prayer warrior for my wife for a very long time. I genuinely like Mike Pence. I think he did something uh, he probably should not have done. He is staking out a position that is critical of Ron DeSantis for taking on Disney in Florida. Now, this is from uh, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. She tweets, Pence deemed DeSantis on CNBC for his moves against Disney. She Here's his quote. This is what Pence said. The idea of going after their taxing authority that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. Okay, here's why I think um, he probably should have said said something like, um, I'm not the governor of Florida, and I would uh, not necessarily have done things the same way, something like that, uh, and, and been a little more vague about it. And that's because a great many conservatives actually appreciated what Ron DeSantis did. Now, just so before you send me the email, it was Maggie Haberman, so how can we believe it was true? Here's the exchange. Think of what, what DeSantis did, though, with Disney in Florida, because there's sort of two ways to look at it. Yeah. One is to say Disney spoke out uh, on a political or social issue, um, but then there clearly was retribution politically ag- against them. I think it's, it's uh, empirical what happened. Uh, he said as much when, when, when he did it. And so people talk about cancel culture. Some people say, well, you know, they're canceling on one side. Right. The other said, well, look, DeSantis used his political power to cancel them. Well, I, I would say to you two things. Number one is I fully supported uh, Florida's initiative to protect kids and protect parental rights. I was just in Iowa last week where literally there's a school, the Linmar Community School, uh, will allow a student right. to get a gender transition plan without parental notification or approval. Right. So we I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids under the third grade. But I, I, I have concerns right. about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray. They lost. Uh, but then they, but they, the they idea of going attacked, after their taxing authority, right. I, I, you know, I... That was, that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. Okay, there he is in his own words. Supported the law, didn't like going after Disney. Um, There are a lot of people on the right today who vehemently, passionately believe that conservatives are their own worst enemy when it comes to the culture war fight because they're not willing to use the means uh, at their disposal to fight back against the left. The left routinely uses government to punish those they disagree with, and there are people on the right who believe that the right has to fight back the same way, or uh, they're going to lose completely, and they also believe that if the right does engage in the same way, that they can neutralize the effort and, and everybody will stand down. Mike Pence believes that it went too far to punish Disney for speaking out. I have to tell you, I have long been sympathetic to Mike Pence's position on this. Very longly sympathetic, but when you start looking at how disproportionately the left uses every means at its disposal, and the right says back, says, well, I, I'm, I'm a limited government guy, I can't do it. Uh, the federal government shouldn't do it for sure. 
but a state government that created an entity by which Disney could control its own government, I think is different when the state decides it's no longer time for Disney to control its own government and governmental situation in Florida. We're going to take that power back. I don't really have a problem with a conservative government saying we should not allow private entities to have governance authority, particularly when they're so far outside of line with what the voters in our state want. I get Pence's position, and it's a very consistent long-term position. I think much of the party moved on because they saw the aggressiveness of the wokes over time. The other problem here is that when Mike Pence was governor of Indiana, there were a series of Religious Freedom Restoration Acts passed in the states. Georgia passed one, Indiana passed one, Arkansas passed one. Uh, the Georgia's one got vetoed by Governor Nathan Deal in Georgia. He had pledged to sign it. If it got passed, it got passed, and he vetoed it anyway. And everyone then turned to Indiana, where Indiana passed one, and businesses got so outraged about it, they threatened to pull business and boycott the state. So Pence vetoed the legislation, He, or at least scuttled the effort. A lot of social conservatives to this day hold on to that. And when you have that from Pence in Indiana and now this with Disney, it becomes very easy to label him as a tool for the Chamber of Commerce. Whether it's fair or not, he opens himself up to that attack. Uh, I appreciate his honesty and candor with CNBC, but his team needs to be mindful of the fact that this is going to open him to a large line of attacks from a lot of people on the right, from Nikki Haley to Ron DeSantis to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who has now entered the race, and also from his old boss, Donald Trump. Um he might be a man on an island on this. I appreciate and applaud his willingness to tell the truth and not dance around it. But also, he and his team need to be prepared for the incoming they're going to get from having said it. You need to be prepared for what's going on in the stock market and the economy. At least right now, the stock market is up. But God knows what it's going to do this afternoon, given what it's done. Gold and everything else out there is crazy. Somebody you can seek advice from, and they give really good advice. They're very educational is Advantage Gold, 800-450-2566. With all the geopolitical turmoil, uh, we'll get into the Russians and their botched ballistic attack or ballistic test. Uh, they've stock market, inflation, inflation higher than people wanted. The Fed now say they're probably going to raise rates even more. Uh, a lot of people are trying to safeguard their investments by adding gold, but they don't know how to do it, and Advantage Gold can answer their questions. Call them at 800-450-2566. They've got uh, the best prices, the best staff. They've got the best IRA department. They are TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. Advantage Gold will give you a free gold IRA investment kit, uh, let you know what you're doing, what you need to do. 800-450-2566. If you have any questions about using gold as part of your investment strategies at all, let Advantage Gold answer your questions for you. 800 800- Four five zero two five six six. Be sure to subscribe to the email. I'll keep you up to the latest on this uh, grand jury four person. There, you can text the word data to three three seven 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 to subscribe. Text data to three three seven seven seven. There is some breaking news from Robert Costa at CBS happening right now. Uh, CBS News has learned that lawyers close to several Republican witnesses in Fulton County's investigation are preparing to move to quash any possible indictments by the district attorney based on the public statements by the forewoman of the special grand jury per two people familiar with the discussions. 
So the foreperson of the grand jury comes out, uh, admits that she leans Democrat. She doesn't vote for crazy people and uh, that she gave her characterizations of what the grand jury was thinking and of the witnesses uh, on and on and on. It fundamentally undermines the cause of the district attorney there. And now you got these um, GOP witnesses. So here's the thing as well. Here, here's the thing. For some of you who can't be convinced otherwise, who are really committed to the idea that uh, the DA, Fannie Willis, trotted this woman out to scuttle the investigation, uh, Fannie Willis will have to go fight against this and fight pretty hard against it and, and just measure the caliber of her fight against this. The odds are this stuff doesn't work. Uh, because it's just one member of the grand jury who's claiming to characterize the opinions of others, which is uh, was a dumb thing for her to do, but also isn't fatal to a prosecution in the state of Georgia under the law. Still, this creates a massive headache for all the people involved. I, I So, you know, I got an email from a listener who said, you got to remember that this young lady grew up in the age of always on social media. Uh, she doesn't think anything wrong with oversharing. She doesn't understand discretion because everybody shares so much on social media, and that's what she did. This is the age of social media. You, you, you don't put a 30-year-old in charge of a grand jury, which is what they did. She clearly was not um, lacked the mental and emotional maturity to be able to do it and is causing a huge problem in Georgia now for the prosecutor, and the Trump team is just delighted, delighted by what has happened. A lawyer friend of mine who's involved texted me and said this just shows how much of a clown show it was behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, they're going to use the clown show to try to run the clown car off the road before it gets gets anywhere. We'll see how it works out. When we come back, Joe Biden might not run for president after all.